Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Fun Film House. <laughs> what a roaring episode this will be. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Hims. Uh, we're having a very heated debate. James almost punched Don right before uh, we started rolling. Ducked. Uh, missed. Hit a wall. And cat, holy crap. Cat Don, instinct. Don, thank you for coming out of your shelter. Your hiatus. <laughs> yeah. on, on screen hiatus. You haven't been on in a video in a long time. That's true. Thanks for having me. And this won't be the last time, as we know. Part three is confirmed. Is that a threat? Can <laughs> <laughs> yes. pull that mic closer to yeah. your face? Sure. We want to hear all the things you have to say about dinosaurs. I'm going to start yelling. Okay. Please don't. Um, what are we talking about today? So we're talking about Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, uh, the fifth film in the Jurassic World franchise. No. Um, number one film, uh, if you're ranking them uh, chronologically, reverse chronology. And, uh, you know, th this is a very special film because it has Chris Pratt. Right, James? What yeah, movie? but the other one did, too. Yeah, all movies have Chris Pratt in it now. So, I w first thing I want to talk about is what kind of expectations did we have going into this? Because I saw this film with Adam... And James, mm -hmm. and let me tell you, they were talking shit before the trailers That's even started. You I said, mean, yeah, let's go watch this trash film. I, I'll, I'll put it out there. <laughs> I'll preface by saying I hated Jurassic World. Oh my gosh. I, ha I, hate it. I hated it. I was oh indifferent gosh. towards I, it. I didn't think it needed to exist, but I'm glad it's there for people who want to enjoy it. I loved it. I was blown away. So we got all mm -hmm. sorts of people in the yeah. the front the spectrum back in the is here. Yep, yeah, it's a full yeah. spectrum. So of course, going into Fallen Kingdom, I probably only saw it because you asked me if I would be willing to come on the podcast and discuss it, knowing that I had such vitriol for the for the first one. Yes, and because uh, at this most recent staff lunch. You again tried to punch Don for <laughs> Don saying how much he liked the films. Yeah. The Spun table was table was wide though, yeah. and he's too quick. So yeah. I just we, and you one of these days arms. I'm going to catch you. We've we've established long ago, which we thought was a joke, but it's true. Don is a psychopath, and I'm sorry, <laughs> sociopath, oh. and <laughs> we'll watch a movie multiple times, no matter what. And you saw Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom how many times? Three times, and I might add, this is a perfect example of why I see movies multiple times before judging them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My opinion of the movie improved dramatically. The first viewing, I was like 60-40, positive to negative. By the time the last viewing was done, 95-5. How, wow. how much would you say central air conditioning had to do with that decision-making process? <laughs> That's the first 15 <laughs> okay. points. Yeah. Nachos, so, the nachos, so, so just, the red vines, all I wanna, that. I want to clear something up from what you're saying. The first time you saw it, you weren't too hot on it. But well, the more you're still 60-40. Yeah. Okay, but I guess that, is that good in your book? No, I, had, I felt like 60% positive, but I oh. felt there were a lot of areas, like I had certain things about it that bugged me. I thought it was like anticlimactic. Mm -hmm. I thought it had weird like multiple vibes that, as the movie went on, things like that. Just mm -hmm. things that bothered okay. me that upon you know viewing it again didn't bother me nearly as okay. much. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I want to live in your world where you can find enjoyment in these things, and that, that was – sort of my struggle in coming on this podcast today was because I don't want to shit on your parade. Oh, that's fine. I, I, I don't want to say 
you're a bad person because you like a certain thing. That That is not my place. Um, but, man, I was angry when I walked out of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, oh, I just – I, I just – We'll talk about this. It's kind of like, like, have you ever heard the thing? People with depression handle traumatic situations or like disasters very well because they live in a perpetual state of disaster. Uh. I watched Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and I wasn't as angry as Adam coming out of the theaters because I was already living in that Uh from the first movie. Right. So this is just like, well, of course, I would feel I, I wouldn't like it because it's Jurassic World. Um, so it's, it was interesting, kind of the, the switcheroo there. I, I went in with no expectations, and I still came out disappointed. Well, it sounded like you went in expecting to dislike it, but you, you, you disliked it even more than you expected. Yeah, I was sort of surprised at the sheer stupidity of it um, yeah. and sort of the, the wasted potential. But funny enough, I called the ending weeks ago. Well, they give away the ending in the trailer. Oh, do they? Yeah, like literally big, big the time. the monologue that Jeff Goldblum says right. is the end of the movie, and Welcome that's in the trailer. Not World. just that, yeah. but two of the shots that were featured prominently in the marketing were literally two of the final shots in the movie too. Yeah, mm. which was that was oh, my that's greatest. True, yeah. That was my greatest uh, worry. I would say going into the movie, the, only, the my biggest fear of what I might not like was I hope that it really felt like they showed too much in the trailers, and I was hoping that somehow everything they showed in the trailers was only going to be the first half and you know which it is i feel well, the, like for a lot uh, of it is i felt like for they the first it all. trailer cuz i watched the final trailer while making oh this fucking playlist isn't playing uh, while making this playlist uh, a video playlist uh, i watched the final trailer and I, I decided not to include it in this so that it wouldn't spoil so much for people cuz but everyone's seen it it made a billion dollars the first trailer only shows the stuff at the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, the island that is exploding. First, first yeah. trailer was perfect. They didn't yeah. need to do first, anything beyond yeah. that. I um, agree, Don. One hundred and ten percent. I yeah. agree. And I, I, we had this discussion at lunch, where I was like, "Have you seen the second trailer?" And you said, "No." Right. And I said, thank God, because it spoils the whole movie. But I did see, which I realize now because I have watched all the trailers, I saw a TV spot which showed a lot of the stuff from the. I didn't realize. It was like not a trailer. It was some weird. I think it was on, during uh, some sports I was watching where it just like played a, some, a little promo interlude mm-hmm. thing. What is um, studio fascination with this? I, I actually have a theory. I've thought about it. And in a way, I was trying to figure out, like, well, why did they show so much? And I kind of have a theory of why they did. I think because of the fact that the movie did have such different tones as it went on and it was going to try some sort of different things, in a way I thought they wanted to prepare the audience for that by sort of giving them a little taste so that it's not as shocking when you actually see it. And by that I mainly mean the darker tone of the second half of the movie, but maybe we don't want to get there yet. I was going to say, how do you want to discuss this? Do you want to prevent spoilers, or what do you want to do? Um, I did forget to read my intro paragraph that I I wrote out. Well, I mean, it's too late now. No, it's never too late. Go ahead. Uh, Okay, well, uh, we can just put this at the beginning, or you guys can just hear it now. Uh, Look at this. Yeah, they do that two times. (laughs) This podcast will begin spoiler-free, and we will very clearly announce when the spoilers will begin, so feel free to listen, even if you haven't seen the film yet. And you will want to stick around for at least a while, because I actually landed an interview with Jurassic World actor B.D. Wong. So stay tuned for that later in the episode. I don't know how true that is. 
Looking forward what? to it. I bet he did. Yeah. I bet he did. BD Wong. Okay. He's on Twitter. What is BD Wong doing? Mr. Robot season four. Oh. Can't okay. wait. Love you, BD. So, so I'm just curious just because to, to get you, before Jurassic World even came out, yes. you've been a fan of Jurassic Park yeah. for forever, right? Yes, yes. You've gone to Hawaii on Jurassic Park tours. Yes, yes. Y- you, you love Jurassic Park. Yes. Um, and are, are you also like really into dinosaurs or like I was when I was a little kid obviously you know I'm really not uh, for most of my adult life but uh, I I was really into uh, movies uh, dinosaurs as a little kid and also Jurassic Park was I think if not the first movie I saw in a theater when I was a little kid so that was there's some history super special nostalgic thing how old are you I can't reveal that. Because there's somewhere <laughs> there's, between the age of 14 and 85. <laughs> exactly. Um, so there's there's a certain aspect of, you know, there's movies, franchises that people are like can do no wrong in their eyes. Well, I, before I saw any of the marketing for Jurassic World, before anything, when I knew they were making it, I was like, obviously, like all franchises they bring back. I mean, I had a lot of concern, mm-hmm. you know, because I was like, this is one of going to be one of the hardest movies to, it wasn't really, a, you knew it wasn't a reboot, but period, just with the amount of time that passed, with the size, you know, the, the cult following, the massive, uh, just like all the baggage that series had and the giant gap of time, not just that, but how it, you know, somewhat maybe declined over the sequels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You didn't know what part four, I was expecting you, it to be like possibly a disaster. I is, didn't know if it'd be good. Is that how you feel? Do you share the public opinion that Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 did not live up to the original? Oh, 100%. I okay. mean, if I ranked them all, Lost World would be last and part three would be fourth. Yeah. So. Okay. So it would be Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Jurassic World, Fall, or Jurassic Fallen Kingdom? I'm going to say something controversial here. You're going okay. Jurassic, you're go, oh, I'm going to say something very controversial Are you going to say Fallen here. Kingdom over Jurassic Park? No, I'm not going to say that, but this is <laughs> well. still equally almost <laughs> controversial. Given historical context, I would put Jurassic World in front of Jurassic Park. <laughs> World, Park, Whoa. Kingdom. And that's a whole other episode of I'm how not, I Wow, think. I am not here to judge, I, but, but you, the audience, it's important. No, to, but it's that's a, including historical context. Uh, if you take away uh, context of the times and everything like that and just put them film by film, obviously, Okay, so Park if, I, is if I were to take a dumb, stupid baby <laughs> and no, sit him in front of a- do that. Yeah, and I sit in front and go, here you go, little one. It's a movie about dinosaurs. And I showed him Jurassic World and they went, Wow. And then years later, you know, there's another one called Jurassic Park, and they watch that and they go, I like the original one better. Uh, yes, I agree. I, okay. I would think most people that never saw the first one first, uh, that don't just outright hate the movie, if they like both movies, I think most people that see World First may like it more. Yeah. So so here's something, because this is, this is, again, we will at some point talk about Fallen Kingdom. But I, I'll say this to, to your <laughs> point. Um, when you go back and watch Jurassic Park, yeah. it is interesting. It's very interesting to watch. Um, I think part of the mastery, I think the reason it's one of the greats of Steven Spielberg's resume is because he's a magician, Mm -hmm. right? So when you're watching it, you are totally there with the characters. Jurassic Park is a movie about people going to a park and being like, holy shit, dinosaurs. But it's also a movie about you going to a theater and going, holy shit, dinosaurs. 
right? Mm. And it's amazing, but there's a lot of shit that people have pointed out over the years that doesn't make any fucking sense in Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. The cliff that appears out of nowhere, right? Um, A a lot of the actions that characters take, there's not really a climax of the film. It's like mostly just running, 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 Mm -hmm. and then at some point through- It's strangely paced, but it works. Non-character intervention, the world changes. It like almost resolves itself. But again, Indiana Jones is similar Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. that pattern as well um there's there's a lot one of my favorite things is the helicopter comes down to land at the archaeological dig or the paleontology dig Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. and then they run over to the helicopter like you can't be here and then the helicopter pilot points to their trailer which means that john hammond was already in their trailer (laughs) and he just called a helicopter pilot to land next to the dig site to tell them that he was in the trailer sure like these things don't make any sense oh wait was that the case i mean didn't the they watch it I, come I in wrong, and land. But I thought it landed and they were running down the hill to see what was going on. And in that time, he made his way to the trailer. I don't. I, I, I there's have to really watch it again. Not, you may be right. But, it's, but it's unclear. That's, that's the thing. You're watching it and you're it like. never stood out. Yeah. You're watching it and you're like, helicopter, this, that. But it's because Steven Spielberg is doing David Blaine magic. Yeah. He's taking yes, your yes. watch while he's doing a card trick over here. Like, mm-hmm, even right? it's to the point of that the cliff thing doesn't even, even though it's been pointed out, it still doesn't bother me when I watch it. I will say that Jurassic World as a movie doesn't have those tricks in it. It's just, it, it, if you watch it, you're like, okay, these, these have series of events, they, they follow each other mm-hmm. and they, there's no wild continuity or things that don't make sense. But I, I also think that that's like saying a magic trick isn't good after you know how, it, how it's done, you know? I guess the argument is actually, I, you can make the argument for both movies, that they're, they're, both, they're both doing things to convenient the movie. To make the movie more convenient, right? We have to get from point A to point B, so they fall off a cliff. But they're like, but that doesn't really work in the context. Yes, but our set is this big. And it's so exciting, yeah, that you will be glad that the cliff exactly. was there. Right? Whereas Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom the, uh, does a lot of things. Only like I feel like it does things that a horror movie does, which is either lazy writing or just. This guy needs to get eaten, so this thing needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And that, I feel like, is more apparent because it is not the exciting magic trick that Steven Spielberg is pulling out or another competent director. And they're just saying, people just want to see dinosaurs eat people, so we're going to get to that point. Fast forward. But then every single time it seems like it's about to go buck wild, we're going to slow it down and they're going to try and justify it again. But then it gets... It's, it, Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom felt like when someone is lying to you. And you're like, just be honest with me. And then we'll get to the heart of it. And then they lie about that lie. And then it becomes another lie and another lie until it's this big web of lies that's way more complex than if they had just told the bad truth from the start. I didn't get the sense I, in only for a couple of moments. The one moment in world where I would agree with you, it felt like a lie was uh, and it also felt like they were just, you know, um, creating something false to solve a problem is in when uh uh, who was it? Uh, uh, D'Onofrio gets eaten in the lab mm-hmm. by the raptor when it just comes out of nowhere in the lab. That whole moment was like completely false and it still stands out as being awkward. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. The rest of it didn't seem that contrived to me. It, I mean, it, it, I other than, you know, in the new one, it is a horror in terms of like dinosaurs several times come but, out of nowhere sure. and like pop into but, the screen. But when there's things, so this is actually another reason why I feel like your argument for why fa- uh, the original Jurassic World is better than Jurassic Park the big moment when they go, this chameleon dinosaur is killing everyone. What do we do? Release the T-Rex from the first film. And then everyone goes, oh my God, it's a cameo. Doesn't that have more impact because of its 
the what are the the impact, the cultural impact behind it? Because you know that character character it from the original. It had a lot to do with it, but that's why it's such a great sequel. I thought because it did things like that effectively. It took things from the past and it brought them in and used them. I mean, from the from the way they visit the old rundown visitor center, like so many different moments. I thought World did such a nice job of like paying great homage to what the series was what the franchise was, but also doing things like that, bringing the T-Rex back almost as a hero character in the climax was oh, like, he's a hero. loved it. He's and a hero. Well, now he is. Two movies the, the, things, the things that bothered me most about Jurassic World were the, the perfect example of it is the, the kids. I mean, I hated everything about them, but like the kids served a purpose in Jurassic Park for Dr. Grant. Mm-hmm. You weren't supposed to necessarily like the kids, but they, they, they were a vehicle for his change, right? But... Jurassic World, there's a moment where they're wandering through the jungle and then they find they come across a car. Yeah. The old Jeep, right? Which is a cool, fun moment. And then one of the kids says, Come on, let's do it. It's just like when we used to work on grandpa's old Chevy Malibu or some whatever, right? Yes, yes, yes. And then it shows them put a battery in it and then drive off. And I'm like, that's not why did they feel like they needed to explain (laughs) that? And it, to me, it was—it felt so strange. It's like—it's like no one could. It's a world with dinosaurs, but no one could possibly believe that these kids know how to put a battery in a car. I mean, it was one line of dialogue, and I think if it wasn't there, there would be. You, since you're dealing with kids, whatever. A lot of kids nowadays, like you know, don't have any access, any you know, uh, interaction with fixing an automobile, even the most basic thing like changing a battery. It's literally one line. They didn't take any time to explain it. They but, need one quick line to be like, these kids have the experience to. Do this. I, I a simple I, task. Yeah, but I to me it seemed like they were like, we need to get these kids in the car, and we can't justify them driving away in a car, even though it's a world where dinosaurs exist. And those are like the things that there's a moment in Fallen Kingdom, which when we get to spoilers, we can talk about where I'm like, why did why did he say that? Is mm-hmm. it just because they didn't feel like it was reasonable that you could get to this point, even though dinosaurs exist? I think that's my big thing. I'm like, <laughs> dinosaurs exist. Yeah. We use science to bring them back. We have an amusement park for them. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel like you need to say something to get to that point unless you were writing the script and you were just like shitting it out? You know, like those are the things that jarred me so much. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Oh, go ahead. Speaking of spoilers, okay. uh, we're about to start those, but before we do, I really want you guys uh, to watch this interview I got uh, with BD Wong. So let's throw over to that real quick. <sighs> All right. So it looks like. Uh, B.D. Wong stiffed me, uh, so I have Lawrence here with me today. Yeah, B.D. Uh, Wong gave me a call, said he couldn't make it. Yeah. said, buddy, Lawrence, I need you. This is B.D. Wong, your friend, mm-hmm. your good friend. I said, B.D., anything for you, old pal. So here I am. What does the B.D. stand for? Uh, Brian Dennehy. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to talk about hymns. Yes, we are. You used it. I do. Oh, I'm using it now. Yeah. Oh, you're currently using. I am currently a user of hymns. Yes, that's true. Cool. And probably will be till I die. That's that's kind of how it works. Which I could see how that might rub somebody the wrong way, but there's you know it's been medically tested and there's yeah. journals and all sorts. And of stuff. it's preventative. You're preventing hair loss. It's a bit of both. Yeah. So they they uh, prescribed finasteride, which is the generic equivalent of Propecia, which also helps with I think uh, what's the thing in the butt. Um, prostate cancer. Oh, helps with that or something like that. <laughs> All right, I should cool. look that up. I, uh, so it's a it's a I did my research benefit. as you can tell. But yeah, so um, essentially the way it works is uh, yeah, it, it's preventative but also restorative. It's a little bit of both. So it it 
may help regrow. It is proven to help prevent hair loss. So uh, I, I noticed some thinning already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, hit, I hit big 34. And that's when I started to look out for certain signs. So I kind of half couldn't tell if it was my own paranoia or if it, my hairline actually was thinning out. Um, but yeah, I filled out, there's like a questionnaire you fill out about what you think you need. Then you have to take mm-hmm. some photos of your hairline from various angles. They'll send that to a doctor, the doctor will review your case. And then it seems, uh, more often than not, if you have anything hair, the doctor will, will prescribe you the medicine. Then it comes in a little kit with uh, dosage instructions and all that sort of stuff. There's actually multiple different kinds of medicine they can prescribe based on the hair loss you have. Mm-hmm. So there's like hairline thinning and then there's bald spot like on the top. And that's a different, that's like a topical thing. I'm not getting that. So they're only sending me the medicine I need. Um, and then, yeah, I just take one a day and I'll do that for the rest of my life to keep, keep all this beautiful stuff right where it is. Nice. <sighs> Your hair does look good. Thank you. Thank you. I've been conditioning. Um, they actually sent us some photos. Uh, we'll throw those up right now of four actual four hymns or hymns users. Our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to fourhims.com slash filmhouse. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash filmhouse. Uh, as you can, as Lawrence uh, told you, uh, it, it'll help prevent his hair from falling out until the day he dies. So uh, if you want to keep your hair, reach out to hims. All right. Uh, welcome back. Uh, to the very spoilery return of I don't like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I feel bad because I feel like we didn't really even discuss Fallen Kingdom in the non-spoilery version of Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, that's I feel fine. the same way. <laughs> uh, Indoraptor. Indoraptor. Sure. Where to begin? Man, oh man. Um, they were sure in a rush <laughs> to get the first half of the movie out of the way. That's what that felt well, like. Well, I was glad. I, I mean, I, this is one of the things that I liked. Honestly, I'm gonna, I'm probably going to say that Fallen Kingdom, I may be more likely to watch again than Jurassic World. Okay, I'm going to say that. That's fair. I'm going to say that because I felt Jurassic World made it seem like it thought I was dumb because of those little lines like that. Like I was like, no, I don't. Why are you explaining this to me? I don't care. Just why, give it to me. Why, dub, why double down on insufferable characters? Fallen, Fallen Kingdom, I didn't think that was one of the best things about Fallen Kingdom. What? Is it had Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. They're fine, sure. Doing the, basically, they were, I now, mean, 80% now, of that movie. Let's is talk them. about Hacker Kid and Tattoo Girl. Yeah. And Little Girl and yeah. James Cromwell and Bad Guy with twirly mustache. Certain things <laughs> feel like these are leftovers from a different like from a previous draft of the script that they didn't want to get rid of, but they kept in. Mm-hmm. But Don, you tell me your perspective. To me, they feel those elements felt not that they were left in or they were left over too far. To me, it felt like they had some demand from the studio initially of like, this is a huge success. We need the next one by 2018 at this time. That means you have however many r- months to write the script. That those lines, bad lines of dialogue, or your like characters that are maybe not whatever you could say are a little cliche and this and that. Oftentimes, are, I think, are a result of the script writing process was probably really condensed Mm -hmm. yeah and considering how condensed it probably was uh they did like a remarkable job i thought like those characters hacker kid (laughs) bugged the heck out of me the first time i saw it and when i saw it again and again 
he didn't bug me that much, even though a couple of his lines still are just like, you know, they're real cliche, this and that. But it's like, look, they have so little time to develop so many different characters kind of give you a hint of who they are, this and that. It was nothing as egregious as Lost World, for instance, who basically all the characters are as cliched and obnoxious as those tiny moments, sure. except through the whole movie. I, those were moments, like literally just, a, you know, his introduction and a couple little scenes. It got better as it went, I felt, with those characters. I, 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 I think that's totally true. I completely agree with that. I think maybe a difference for me is that in Lost World, they're... They're barely developed, so that way they can be killed off one at a time. But mm-hmm. they're through the whole movie. You have to. It's you have to watch Vince Vaughn and yeah. Every, and, and yeah. No, I, I, listen. I'm not the main try and defend Lost World. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess my uh, as the movies have progressed, it feels like they are paying attention less and less to the original movie and sort of what made it good. So you spend a lot of time with Muldoon, right? A yeah. pretty cool character, and it's actually a big surprise when a Velociraptor gets him. Yeah, and it, he sort of has that moment of like, you got my respect. Good job. (laughs) Well, it's also also they set it up. They're like, he has a relationship with this particular beast in the thing. Mm. He's the guy that they trust to do it, right? He's the one that they trust. And it's it's delicious irony for the audience that it would be his undoing, (laughs) right? But even self-sacrificial or whatever, but like it's that's perfect. Mm -hmm. That to me is a very gratifying moment. Just having a guy there who knows how to use computers so that way he can hack computers seems less effective. It didn't seem like, also I didn't even realize necessarily that he was a hacker, despite how verbose they are yeah. with everyone. All those supplemented, there's two supplemental characters. So because at the, at the beginning of the movie, Bryce Dallas Howard, she runs a nonprofit organization. They yeah. save the dinosaurs. To try and save the dinosaurs because the island they're on is gonna blow up and it's gonna kill them all. Yeah. They never really discussed the fact that dinosaurs have been extinct before, they and do. you just you just use science to bring them back. Well, the initial scene with Jeff Goldblum kind of did that. Yeah, but she gets on the phone with a congressperson, so she can say, "Can you imagine a world? Could you imagine your daughter growing up in a world without dinosaurs?" Right. But it's like she did. Yeah. And right, then but the labs brought him back. But that's what she said. That's why, though, these adults can identify with that. They these adults lived in a world where this magical thing was created, right? But these, so her, she's trying to say, look, your kids live in this magical world we created. You want to get rid of that and not have that magic here anymore, uh, like how it was when we were younger. You know, I think that's what I, she was. I guess I don't understand why this island blowing up means no more dinosaurs. Because right. the only dinosaurs that exist are on that island. Except in every in the briefcase filled with blood, they, there are other points. Well, no in one the knew movie. that. It, no one knew that any of that had been retained. B.D. Wong's hiding in a little basement laboratory. Yeah, no as one far knows as that, everyone like, the knows. DNA and no, the but the concept from which. The original Jurassic Park was oh, made. Jack. But it's already been like made elite. Like it's obviously like they're not gonna, because of the incident from the earlier Jurassic Parks, they're not going to legally recreate more dinosaurs. These ones only exist because they're holdovers from that. Sure, so we, these are the last ones. So when Unless the, they decide to make more. But they're not, it's already yeah, been established that was a mistake. But unless they, they decide to make more. This is one logical <laughs> uh, discussion we can have. What about the other ones? What about the laser gun? So this, that, that's another thing too. This, it's like, they were like, we need to come up, they have beats. I see the script and I see beats and they're like, we need uh, this moment. We, what's what's terrifying? I, I hate personally hated the idea of weaponizing dinosaurs from Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. I was like, really that? Like, 
What well, about that's, that's from Jurassic Park? Sorry, what? That's in the book Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, yeah, but we're talking about the movies. No, but the okay. concept of weaponizing dinosaurs is insane to me in a world where drone strikes exist. Yeah, but still. No, just think, James, real fast. We're talking about battlefield situations. If you have creatures like that, it'd be the equivalent of ha being able to have, you know, an arm, 20 cheetahs, just like the same way canines are used then in train war cheetahs. and police. No, but that's what they're saying. So they don't have that kind of mastery over the cheetah like they can get with these smarter reptiles. With the but Indoraptor. But... but Wars aren't fought that way anymore. <laughs> no, but a portion of them are. They use canine dogs right now. The military and police forces use canine dogs. It'd be a very similar thing to that, except it's a raptor. You're like, holy smokes, one raptor can take out 50 human soldiers, it, it honestly, possibly. I honestly it feels, like, send them into, it you feels know, like a vanity, a vanity it, thing. It seems like the movie has decided that, and it's fine, but then the movie goes on to justify that, which is, which is okay. Sure. Um, but then I just think there's small things that could have been tweaked to make it seemed like someone someone raised their hand and said we can do better uh -huh. for a perfect example the indoraptor which is supposed to be the ultimate killing machine it's been genetically bred to kill on command as long as it has a raptor mom that can help you train it um and but the example that they use is there's an auction and it comes out in a cage and then a man with a gun points <laughs> turns on the laser Not on the gun. Not a laser gun, a gun. A man with an actual gun points the laser on the end of a gun at a guy right. because the, the Indoraptor is genetically programmed to kill whatever the laser points at when it hears a noise. Yes. Except if you're ever in a situation where you could point a gun at someone, all you have to do is pull the trigger and they're dead. Why would you want to? Why would you want to introduce an Indoraptor the, to the equation? Because that's not the application. They're giving, in that sense, the auction. He was doing something spectacular, audience participation to shock those people. In on a battlefield, you wouldn't point it at an individual person. You may point it into the entrance of a cave that you know, or a bunch of people are hiding inside of. You may point it to vehicles, a town, wherever you want the thing to strike. The same way you give a dog a scent, and you know it's going to go track down that scent. You're sending an acoustic signal of where you want to direct the creature and it doesn't have to be attached to a gun it could be i know but that's what i'm saying that's yeah. a weird movie where they should have just had a guy <laughs> a in the movie with a, with a laser pointer, pointer. Yeah. i was like they're pointing a gun at someone <laughs> you but don't need to tell me like, what the killing machine in the room is they're trying it's to the get gun. the bidding up you know you they need, gotta do something <laughs> I, just, I was like i was like they should have that one moment could have been so easy to resolve with them just going like here's a laser pointer and then you wouldn't think oh wait lasers are on the ends of guns guns kill people too those are pretty efficient at what they do okay like if it was a laser pointer then it would be like okay yeah it's a laser Pointer, you can point it at stuff. The, the, also, the equivalent would be like, I've Don, I've invented a self-driving car for you. Yeah. But first, you need to walk to where the destination is and come back, and then the car will take you there. It's like you already have the solution in your hand, which is a gun. I see what Don no, is saying. No, I know, I know, I know what yeah. you're saying, but it's just like no one. This is the this is the part where no one on the production team went. Uh, sir? <laughs> well, I, I, I have I, a question. I still hold by the fact that it, it's like, okay, well, you can point a laser pointer at a building and it'll go in the building and kill everyone there. But I think will you it also, or will it run in there and go? I think you can also what? get no, on an iPad and go like the same drop. way a dog is. If you send a, you know, the and police was, let a dog into the house and it runs after and catches and pins down the person, the raptor is going to be trained probably in a more lethal manner. I, I feel like well, a lot of it literally just kill everything. So, like, once it got out of that cage, it literally killed everything. The laser pointer didn't do anything. It was a prototype. It was basically the creature is uh, a prototype. It was basically a nuke 
but less efficient. Uh, That's how it felt. <laughs> oh. it, it, like, it, like you unleash this and it'll kill a whole town. And I'm like, maybe yeah. over the course well, of two yeah. weeks. What if it gets full? <laughs> the train. Well, the, when the training is complete, you assume that it would be able to somehow determine what it's taking out. And yeah, I, this think, is I think there's Once a lot gets... of things in that movie. Another good example is again back to the hacker kid. Yeah. The one moment which I think is is one of the weaker parts is when uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt are separated because uh-huh. I think they have great chemistry together. Yeah. I think they're. I think Chris. Chris Pratt can save anything. Yeah. Um, and uh, so there, she's locked in this room because the military betrayed her, obviously. Yeah. And she's locked in this room, and then the hacker is like, "I can unlock the doors." Yeah. And so he gets he, but he unlocks the wrong door. He unlocks the door at the end of a pipe where there was a dinosaur on the other end, and so a dinosaur comes in through this pipe, and they're like, "Fuck, we got to get out of here!" So they climb up through the roof. Yeah. Why, why do you unlock the doors? Well, go was, up through the roof. It, well, that was a series of things that happened. <laughs> I, just, I mean, he made a mistake. He's under a massive amount of pressure. That's a stressful situation. Whatever happened, the silliest part for that moment to me was just like he was like, "Where does that lead?" Oh, the tube leads to the rest of the park. You're like, well, "What is this little?" Fa-? It was a weird facility they're in. You in the middle of a mountain. I, yeah, I, feel, I just think it's it's weird to assume that these characters were trapped. Don't look for the ladder that's directly behind them that leads to the roof. <laughs> the the tone I believe well, they was knew set it was locked. Maybe I don't know. It wasn't though. <laughs> the tone is set in the first ten minutes of the movie when there's a guy working on the island and there's a helicopter guy's going, "Get out of there!" You go, what? What? Is there something behind <laughs> me? I can't hear you. Yeah. There's literally three dudes going, no. Yeah. And he's like, what he's could like, possibly be uh-huh. on this island full of dinosaurs? And then and he's like, oh, no. I hope no. it doesn't. It's just like, okay, I get it. So the movie's stupid. That's one of the moments that the first time I saw it, I was like, well, this is kind of dumb. You know, why isn't? And then upon seeing it again, my feelings changed because I realized, look, this guy is cut off from all radio communication. He's trying. They're trying to get out of there because of the storm. He, as far as he looks, he's tr- and he's trying to close the gate and get the submersible up. When he looks back at the helicopter, just because he sees everyone signaling him visually doesn't mean he understands, oh, there's some imminent threat right behind me. He's thinking these guys are all saying, get on the damn chopper so we can get out of the storm, this weather and all that. And he's trying to, commu- he I, can't communicate to them yeah, that I haven't done it. I get it. I just think as, a, as an audience, I think I'm sure 90% of people didn't care at all. But like, if you watch a lot of stuff, the whole like, huh, is yeah. like no, such. That it's like, was exaggerated. It's such yes. an, an archetypal moment, mm-hmm. and I, I think I think part of it is it feels like sometimes the movie, the movie, lies to you. Like I think Jurassic Park like tricks you to look the other way when it does deception. This movie felt more like just like a bad lie, uh-huh. where like even in the opening they come in. There's a cool sequence where they go in the submarine yeah. and they're underwater, awesome. and then some guys really scared. And you're like, why would you? This sounds like a fucking terrible idea. There's clearly a gate there to do something. And the guy goes, it's fine. Everything will be dead by now. And I'm like, why? What logic? It's a, an island. Why I, would everything be dead no, by now? I loved now? it. I loved that line because that just made me think of so, it was the feeling you get in aliens and all these different, that was just like, to me, a little a line just... That moment has been recreated in so many movies throughout time when people are in a dangerous situation and someone says something like that, which is obviously not true. And like, but I don't know. To me, it felt like them like it's it's to me, it's less effective as an audience goer for you to say it's fine Mm -hmm. and then it's not fine. Right. Because that just seems like it's a like, I know it's fine. They go, I know it's fine and it's not fine. Seems like that's. 
a lie. It's I, different with I, Jurassic Park where the, he's like, it's the, the, the cables work good as long as the power doesn't go out and then the power goes out and you're like, fuck, the cables. <laughs> like to me, there's like the, that logical step there. But that character was probably lying. It wasn't the movie lying. That character was probably lying to the guy saying, don't worry, anything's dead down here. He might have not fully believed but, that, but that's who he is in I, that but position. But he's a in character in the movie I, written by the people who are making the movie. So in a sense, I felt lied to. It's a symptom you know? of a bigger issue of I think where Jurassic worlds and parks are moving towards where dinosaurs are just always hungry. <laughs> and there's a moment in the movie where the volcano's blowing up and all the dinosaurs are going, shit, shit, let's go, let's go. Everything's blowing, food. And then they stop in the middle of what they're doing to hunt people. And you're like, you're about I to, like, the, I think the flight or flight would kick in and they'd be like, don't, I don't care that there's food here. I'm gonna keep running. And then T-Rex has to go, I'll save you. And it's just like, God, do we need this again? That though was like, wow, what a spectacular moment. And yes, it was a little bit contrived for just the sake of being a spectacular movie moment. But it, I don't know, it felt fine to me. Like it didn't rub me the wrong way. I, I, I was more interested in like, how did this blocking of this thing work? Where like, like, cause I'd seen that shot in the trailer so many times and then I knew that moment was about to happen. So I was really paying attention to like, how the heck are they gonna line this up to make that not look false? Close to not that, to that. No, <laughs> but the way they cut and move the cameras and everything so that you end up with the T-Rex roaring with the volcano, all that way it's composed. Felt like fan service. Was like done so well. well I, I, I mean, I, I get it. Like I'm totally fine with spectacle movies, and honestly, like I've I've said it before, I was like Transformers Three is the best of the Transformers, not because the story is the best, just because it has the least amount of it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're um, right. <laughs> and so, so like I totally, I totally understand that. There's like the moment where the Brontosaurus like is like come back, like on the <laughs> boat, and I'm like great imagery, and that that's imagery. such great imagery. But it also, I'm like, how did we get to the point where the Brontosaurus? There, I, I do too much thinking. Where then I start going like, wait. So is he like trying to get on the boat? Was he like, <laughs> is he waving them down? Like, yeah, no, he was he was trying to catch up. And for a moment like that for kids, I think like but I don't the, know. They, I think well, they that's also, a cool moment. They picked the most wrong dinosaur in that situation because they those creatures are meant to go into high levels of water. That, well, that's, that's why their noses point. are on top of their head. <laughs> that's and a, it, that's and a fair point. I that's like the point where he goes, he goes, he goes, he's like, boat. Yeah, and then he's yeah. like, well. He could have easily survived that. I didn't consider It's like a bird on a plane being like, it's going down. He's like, also, also, however, what do I do? However they think about like volcanoes working is not like how volcanoes work. But like, I so I think that's, you know, you're talking about probably having short. I think there was a lot of studio stuff. This is Universal's like big franchise. Yes. This is like their Star Wars, which is why, spoiler, it ends literally setting up for a sequel immediately. But to me, it felt like sometimes they're like, they had these cool moments. They had the brontosaurus at the harbor. They have, uh, you know, running away from the explosions. And But they, they don't, they didn't have enough time to really figure out how to get me to those moments. So like a perfect example is the evil army guy Buffalo Bill. Bu oh yeah, Buffalo yeah. Bill. How cool is that? Buffalo Bill was like, but he was like, he was like, he was like, they were like, <laughs> we really want this guy to get his from the Indoraptor. Yeah, like totally, I'm totally on board. Except the way they did it was so rushed. People come screaming out, and then he goes, I'm gonna see what's going on, and he goes <laughs> yeah. in, he's like, I'm gonna go into this cage and <laughs> yeah. put, lock myself in with this thing and he try to pull its tooth in. out. Well, and he then, almost then, locks and, himself and then, in. And then it also, does, it does the whole moment where the, the, the Indoraptor goes like, <laughs> like, like opens his eyes. The audience yeah. laughed. 
Was so it they laughing? We had a guy behind us who, who laughed oh, at everyone. Laughed. Everything. All no. Things. But he he laughed at everything. Okay. So like even dramatic moments, he yeah. laughed. So I don't know what his opinion. I don't know. He may have ended up telling people he hated it, but that's how they did it. Whoa! That makes that's sense. Awesome. Oh, I didn't see it. What was a roller it? Rushing it behind the scenes of they built a tiny little roller coaster for the. Uh, I wondered how they did I, that. I, I will say this. My my the biggest sphere thing. Oh, they my, had the geosphere. Yeah, oh, I want biggest, to ride on that. Like, my biggest problem with the movie definitely is. The cartoony characters, like the very one-dimensional side of it, and the lack of imagination that they have—they have. They have ba- I feel like they've exhausted the creative things they can do with the franchise. The practical effects and those things, I am. Uh, I think the team that worked on the movie did an amazing job. Oh yeah, uh-huh. I'm. We're watching a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff. I was unaware of how much of that stuff was practical. Oh yeah, and they like the puppetry and the stuff that they did looks amazing. It looks stellar. I, yeah. I would also say the direction. Like in terms of cinematography, oh, there's not yes. a single wasted shot in the whole film. Beautiful like, cinematography. and a lot of it is if, if like you've ever worked on something, uh, like a movie or like you know how complex it is to tie things together. Like th- thinking about the editor, and you're like, this shot's gonna pick up where the last shot ended. So yeah. there were a lot of sequences where it would like have some guy get thrown. Yes. It would cut. The guy the crashed through. The guy would crash through a chair, yes. and then it would sweep up to right. Chris Pratt doing something else. Mm. Yes. That's genuinely very hard to do, especially when everything and every single shot has a purpose, which I really, really liked about it. Um, but yeah, man, there's there's also like I just James thought- Cromwell. How did you feel about James Cromwell going like number one, the main bad guy? <laughs> His plan was to get rich. Yes. But Except he was, already, he was already he was already rich. He was not con- really. He's managing wealthy. He wasn't personally wealthy. But he he'd had no way to get him selling the dinosaurs that he used this other person's organization to sell doesn't mean that he's rich now. He was just making James Cromwell dead James Cromwell even richer. Well, who knows? Because if his intentions all along may have been to know, look, James Cromwell is going to die soon, whether naturally or not naturally. Well, if he was aware of that, he knew I'm going to assume more control over this money. That means he's going to be able to do whatever other underhanded things to probably siphon off some of that for himself. He knew where the whole thing was going and wanted to manipulate. The silliest thing to me about James Cromwell was that he was always holding that book that you know you would thought. Well, he would, he would probably be over that by now. Like yeah. he just yeah. had that on the shelf. He wouldn't be like look. But also, he's facing death, so. So it's like, hey, maybe he's really nostalgic I think for I, his life. It so was like, implied that the book wasn't always with him, but maybe he knows now that the book, because he's approaching the end of his days the, and he's trying to yeah, think back on all the mistakes he's made. They, I think they set that up. I have a bigger problem with when he figures out what the guy's doing and he says, hand me the phone so you can call the police. <laughs> no, what he said was, you've been a very bad boy. Yeah. Please pick up that yeah. phone on top of that very large, dense pillow. Yeah, and he's well, like, now call them. It's next to the gun and the sign. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was like, you know, I don't know. I thought it was fine. I, it was like... <laughs> I, I just like when the guy comes in and he goes, Oh no, James Cromwell's dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he has like feathers in his yeah, neck. Yeah, he has like, bruises around his neck. <laughs> Natural causes. <laughs> You're fired. Um, made. There's just moments <laughs> like that where I'm like, oh. And then, I mean, not to get too into it, you, you were okay with the end. Like, what would you have done? Would you have let the dinosaurs die? Uh, no, I thought that was nice how they handled that, and I'll tell you why it was really nice, because you wanted the dinosaurs to live. This, more than any other movie, was really like the first chapter of a two-chapter thing, it felt like, like the same way, you know. I think if they would have called this Fallen Kingdom Volume 1, that would have alleviated actually a lot, some of the criticism that probably people have about this, just because they were going in expecting it to be 
like a fully, you know, where it really does feel like this is a, not a chapter. Some that's studio head came in and continue. was like, you better set this up for the next one. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, well, sorry, what was the question? How did I feel I just, about? How, how did you feel about? Oh, I was asking you. Like, I loved it because look what they ending. did. This new character, this girl, here's some major spoilers. Uh, the girl, the young little girl that we f are introduced to mainly in the second half of the film for the mm -hmm. most part. She's the one that does this because she's going to have major implications in this next chapter. Because she's half dinosaur? Because she's very possibly that she has some of Blue's DNA in her. Okay, so we don't know what other abilities she might develop or have. What? Instincts or what. So, I, I think that's entirely possible. I think, I think they could go in that direction. very likely, right? The, and there is a line that but, but uh, Dr. Wu... We have complete human genome, like... I, right. they I don't mean, need a, I, I no, but they I'm said uh, the Doctor Wu had a line in there that said when you use the DNA for that for the thing you have down there, and also the I don't have the exact line, obviously, and also the other thing. He makes like a reference to two things in the ha you know sort of. Oh. Like, so it, it would have been completely stupid, but they had an and opportunity that they missed out on, where they showed the scene where there were the Indoraptors coming in on her, yeah. and they kept hinting at like. We need a mother. She needs a mother. Blah blah yes. blah. And they kept saying it's blue. It's blue. Well, yes. There, there, there was a missed opportunity. And believe me, I think this would be totally stupid, but it probably would have better payoff. Where they go, we can try the prototype, and they'd be like, no, we can't do that. And there's like, what is it leading to? And then you realize the Indoraptor follows the girl's orders. And then the girl could have rode away on its back or something. I mean, I, not just that, but <laughs> earlier it was really neat how they did that. I mean, it was subtle, like when the when the Indoraptor is attacking them in that like life size diorama, and he gets sort of pinned in, and he's about to kill Bryce Dallas Howard. Essentially, he has mm -hmm. his claw in her, and the little girl r gets out and she screams like this high pitched scream, running away. And out of nowhere, the dinosaur pulls away. The first time I saw it, I didn't realize that moment, and then I realized like, wait, because you're like, why did he suddenly not kill Bryce Dallas Howard? He was so, you know, aware of that pitch. He, there was something familiar no, genetically. Yeah, it was awesome. I thought the way they did that was like just subtle enough, but it was really neat. Like, Most efficient killing machine, by the way. A, a fake branch <laughs> prevented it from getting three people trapped in a small I, well, cubic space. Yeah, that was one of the things because it was like it was killing everyone and everything so efficiently. And then it's like a little girl. And it just yeah. started stumbling yeah. off but of maybe everything. It was, like, what, to Don's point, it. maybe it wasn't trying to kill her. Maybe it was responding to a mother's call. I mean, I think <laughs> it was trying to kill her. <laughs> oh. But uh, <laughs> I just saying, I, I mean, it, I, I, it was I was a missed opportunity. Yeah. I, I raised more issue with their their punctuation because I was like, if she presses the button, fine, whatever. Me, fuck it, let the dinosaurs. Die. I think we've if humanity hasn't learned yet. Jeff Goldblum saying kill him. I say kill him. I get that. I, my problem was that. She presses the button, and then she says, "Like they're alive, like me. They're alive, like me." Yes, and I'm like, "They're clones." That's like a me. different. That, I think that's a different discussion. The discussion isn't whether or not dinosaurs are alive. The discussion is whether or not they're fucking dangerous. <laughs> no, yeah, but for her, she meant like, you know, I'm a clone. They're a clone. right. They're alive no, I get in the that. same way. I'm alive, and so they don't deserve to be wiped out. Just like she doesn't. Like, yeah, they're dangerous, but she's a kid. She's not. And the adults. I think the reason that moment was handled so well is because Bryce Dallas Howard's about to push the button, and you're thinking, look, morally, the right thing to do, sort of, is to let the dinosaurs out, even though we can't do that. We have a responsibility to the safety of society. So Bryce Dallas Howard, the adult, closes it. Then you have this girl do the thing that internally all of them sort of felt like would be the right thing to do. Except that they it's couldn't. Because they were it, responsible. Again, the discussion to me isn't whether or not she like we should let clones live or not. 
It's whether or not these giant killing machines can mesh with our human society. But this is well, a little girl that the, made the decision. Right. She's I know, not I, thinking of all I that. I know, but but her she should have just been like she should have been like I was scared or so like if she just said something but her like philosophical statement of like they're alive and I'm alive too. That's that's the wrong theme. That's never been the theme of the movie. The theme is whether or not we should feel responsible for something even though it could mean our own demise. They, they try to do the same thing that the Apes franchise did. I'm going to go ahead and spoil the first one, Rise Ooh. of the Planet. Is it that the first one? Rise of the Planet of the Apes or Dawn up. of the Planet of the Apes? The naming oh, yes. conventions are all yes. wrong. Yeah. Regardless. We do, we do. Let's wrap it up with this. Real quick, real quick. We just go to about the ending of the movie. The ending of Apes, I felt like, was earned because the whole thing hinged around them trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's. There was a... There was... Something like human about that. We don't need to bring dinosaurs back. <laughs> like there, there's no. They're not like dinosaurs will help cure cancer or anything I like that. They're just like they say that. they're like dinosaurs are good in zoos. That's it. That is like there. So it just it feels so hollow. Whereas the the apes ending was we were trying to do something good and it created our demise. What a ironic twist of fate. This one we brought back killing machines and they started killing us. Who could have Humorous. saw it? No, 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 no. <laughs> but look, they're not killing machines. These d- animals are doing what they naturally do. And what the decision... I don't, the, I don't disagree. The difficult part would be like, we genetically engineered and brought this tiger that was extinct, whatever, this certain species of tiger to life. And yes, it's going to naturally kill a human if it's in the same room with it. But we've brought it to life. Now do we have a responsibility? Do we have the right to kill it? Do we have the right to chew, you know, to p- be God? Which has always been the theme from the very, very beginning. Do I, we have the I, right to play I God? Think the, I think the... The they, island they say was no dis- every time. I think the <laughs> island was letting nature decide. I just, I like, well, that's why I was like, it just, let it blow up on the island. Jeff Goldblum's it's, argument was great. He was just, right. Well, it's annoying that it's five films in, and they keep asking the question, is this morally right? And everyone's like, no. At the end of the first movie, they made it very clear, no. And then they even did it in Lost World, like, well, what if we bring it to San Diego? No, stop it. Third one, let's go back. No, like, what if we, okay, the park works now. It's great. No, it doesn't, nothing but works. That's the thing, Adam, you can't, get the, you can't get the whole world to agree on a moral issue like that. That's why, you know, you have the pro-life problem. I, I, just, I, mean, I, like, I just want to say one last thing, and then, and then mm-hmm. uh, there was a moment where the, the dinosaur veterinarian who had never seen a dinosaur before, check those credentials, by the yes. way. Um, she, like, they tried to justify why this character had never seen a dinosaur despite being a dinosaur veterinarian. Well, she's like, what am I going to spend? What am I going to spend my whole life savings to go? That's not fair because there is a Margaritaville there. And Margaritavilles <laughs> don't show up in places where people have to spend their life savings to that's go. True. <laughs> that's true. That's my yeah. only plot hole. That's, a, <laughs> that's my that's only a, major plot that's hole. That's true. I'll accept that. <laughs> all right. Well, I know that we could talk about this for hours, about all of the uh, things that are great about this movie, because I didn't really get to speak on any of the things I loved about this phenomenal film. Margaritaville. We I'm talked sorry, about that. I feel busted. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> But uh, we got to go. Uh, thank you for Look watching. That shot uh, was amazing. It's great. Yeah, off that was the really roof, good shot. And it spun around and went yep. upside down. And it looked yep. like, oh, man. Not disagreeing. Um, <laughs> but uh, thanks for watching, everybody. And uh, we will see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye bye.